This is Hans Scheil from the Finishing Well podcast. On Finishing Well, we help you make godly choices about Medicare, long-term care, and your money. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it. Share it. But most of all, thank you for listening and choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. And we are in the beginning of a series of pillars. If you don't know what pillars are, we haven't done pillars in a while, have we, Andy? No, I think it's been a while. So what's a pillar? Uh, Something holds up a building or something that holds up an idea. Right. So you got to have more than one. Right. And so we're doing Mm -hmm. the pillars. It doesn't really flow well off the lips, but it's the the tools of the enemy that he uses, right? It's the the main tools that he gets out of the toolbox when he wants to. You keep calling me a tool, Sam? (laughs) What are you doing here? Hey. You're not supposed to know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Andy, you weren't supposed to say anything. So the first first tool out of the toolbox is unforgiveness. We'll talk a little bit about how we uh, have unforgiveness to one another, to ourselves, to God. You know, it's multifaceted. And, you know, anytime you hold something against somebody and, and not let it go, you're actually acting more like Satan than you actually – that God, because God is – very good at forgiving. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Rodney, I think you misinterpreted what I, I had said. That, <laughs> you know, we call you ramrod, right? And that's kind of like a tool. I'm just saying. I'm trying. <laughs> okay. Danny, you got the first clip in the after hours. So why don't you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about it? I've been kicked to the after hours. No, the uh, um, you may not make it if you keep it up. <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> Living on the edge, you're taking up too much room, you know? So. Um, this is a, a, the sequel to the clip I had last week is actually the front part of it. And from the Star Trek series, Picard, and it's an interchange between Q, who's a godlike character in the show all the way back through the next generation series. And him and Picard have a series of events all through out. And this is the culmination of it. And, Picard has gone back in history and he's seen some things in his past about his boyhood and Q is pushing him into forgiving himself, which is, as you've already mentioned, something that's very hard to do. And so he's, their interchange is about him forgiving himself and, and it, it has to do with Picard letting his mom out of a room that his dad had locked her in to protect her, and he didn't realize everything was going on, and he had blamed himself for years. And so we can play the clip and then talk about it. My old friend, forever the boy, who with an errant turn of a skeleton key broke the universe in his own heart, no more. You are now unshackled from the past. As I leave, I leave you free. But... Why does all this matter? Is something going to happen for which I will be required? Must it always have galactic import? 
universal stakes, celestial upheaval. Isn't one life enough? You ask me why it matters. It matters to me. You matter to me. Even gods have favorites, Jean-Luc. And you've always been one of mine. Q. Time's almost out. I have one last surprise in store. What's wrong? Nothing. Quite the opposite. Yeah, at the end of that clip, they ask him what's the matter, and he says quite the opposite. And isn't that what forgiveness feels like? Is mm-hmm. It's quite the opposite. There's nothing wrong. And, you know, so often in my own life, I've walked in that unforgiveness of me, you know, with, with you know, the molestation stuff and lots of different things and taking on the ownership of that. And, you know, if I would have done something different, my life wouldn't have been this way. You know, having been deeply involved in a Christian walk early in my life and then getting into alcohol and drugs and then carrying that burden, that unforgiveness of you're a failure, you know, making those agreements that we talk about. And, you know, God coming after you, not so much for universal impact, but because you need to be free and I need to know that he loves me because he loves me because he loves me. And, you know, the freedom in that, and, and I think it's a process. You know, we talk about the, the onion effect, so to speak, peeling off the layers of, oh, that's uncovered and that's uncovered, and, and God just keeping pursuing who we truly are in his eyes. And that's what that clip meant so much, you know, because we all make the joke sometimes, you know, God loves everybody, but I'm his favorite today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to believe that is, is awesome, I think. Yeah, that was an incredible clip. It is really good, and we saved it for the after hours. Is what saved we did. it for the after yeah, hours. Yeah, it, uh, it no, it is a great clip. Yeah, of all those things you said, I the one thing that stuck out to me is I think we need to go trademark the onion effect. <laughs> the onion effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that that could be one that you know, we've heard of the butterfly effect, the whatever different effects. I think we got to trademark that. The onion effect. Yeah, a masculine journey. That's right. Uh, now, Rodney. You also have a clip, and so uh, we're blessed with it in the after hours as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, Danny. I think we've just been relegated. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm just saying our after hours listeners are, are very special, and they deserve the best clips. Okay, Sam. You're trying to dig, dig your way out of it, but you're just not going to make it. Yeah. We're, we're, gonna, we're not going to forgive you. That's right. Andy, <laughs> let's, Andy, let's talk about Rodney after the show again. <laughs> There's a lot you're going to have to talk about. When when the topic came up, it was truly unforgiveness. And I'm like, okay, there's so many things out there and what we're seeing in the clips even presented tonight about forgiveness because almost every movie show thing you talk about, it's, it's about working towards forgiveness and just brought to my mind about how deeply we all really need to be forgiven. We want to be forgiven but then it's so hard to forgive. And in this movie, it's a not pure flicks, but this is Netflix original movie, uh, the un- unforgivable. And this is about a lady who 
spends 20 years in prison for shooting a policeman because they were coming to uh, evict her from her home and she was trying to protect her younger sister and her sister grows up without her for this whole time and the adopting parents, they don't even tell the younger sister about her older sister. The uh, two brothers of the policeman who was shot and killed, they are basically unforgiving and they are going after her. You'll hear that in the clip a little bit. And the wife of the attorney who she goes back to her house and gets this attorney that happens to be living in her house, he forgives her. But his wife is like, no, you're just, you know, you're just a killer. And just this, there's just everybody in this movie just won't really let her go except for basically one character as they kind of work through this movie. So let's go ahead and hear the trailer. Yeah. And, and the attorney and his wife lived in the house that where she, she lived grew, in. Where, yeah, where the, the police officer got shot. Yeah, and that's how he, how she came back to get into their life, yeah. Ruth, phone call. Hello? Hello? You're gonna pay for what you did. I was in prison. I just got out. You lost it for 20 years. What? It's an accident. Does your release alter the terms of your no contact order? You don't have to give me a speech. I'm looking for Katie. She's my little sister. I raised her. Okay, next time, don't drag me through three bus transfers to tell me something you already know. John, there's a woman in the front yard. Can I help you with something? You're a lawyer. What would Catherine gain? by meeting her now. I wonder all the time what she looks like, what she became. Your life starts here now, not 20 years ago. She did her time. She killed somebody in cold blood. If that were any of your black sons who had been in this system, they would be dead. She walks around like it never happened. No, you tell me if that's fair. You gotta be a convict wherever I go? No, you're a cop killer everywhere you go. And she doesn't quit and none of us can quit. And that's where the, the biggest thing that I would take away from that clip is the fact that Every single person in that clip is really, really ugly, angry, and wrathful, except for the one guy that has a little bit of heart for her that is the lawyer, and he's willing to kind of take on her case. She even lies to him at first because she doesn't want to expose who she really is, and then they find out she explains the circumstances, and he actually forgives her. And it's like, I, I can see where your heart's at now kind of thing, and takes on her case to try to basically get her to where she can see her sister. But we can't give up on trying to un, to try and forgive people. It's so easy just to live in that hate and that vengeance and like you guys talked about in the first show where basically, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna live in that, it's gonna eat you up and eat you alive. And we've got to be able to basically get past those things and 
get to a point we don't have to say, oh, hey, great, I completely accept everything about you, but you do have to forgive. Mm-hmm. David, how about you? You got any thoughts? We haven't talked to you yet. I mean, I know you have thoughts, but do you have any thoughts on this subject? Well, <clears throat> you know, I'm still working on the forgiving part since y'all wouldn't play my clip. But, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, uh, and I do want to say it's more than saying sorry, you know. Um, <clears throat> probably the first and last clip I'll ever ever submit. <laughs> Sounds like an agreement. We'll have to work at that. Yeah, next yeah, week. yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times, uh, you know, we use the I'm sorry as basically like a get out of jail free card. Say, you know, we, we made a mistake, whether it was with our wife or our kids made a mistake with us. And they say, you know, well, I'm sorry. And when I sit back and think about that, do we really truly forgive them when they do say what they're sorry? You know, I know at times uh, when, you know, my kids make mistakes, which they do growing up all the time and, and recently some more than others. But, uh, you know, she says, I'm sorry. And, and do I really, truly forgive her? Uh, you know, looking back at it, I don't think I did. I think that a lot of times I would use that and hold on to that and throw it back at her and say, well, you did this even though you said you're sorry. Um, I think the truly, the, the, the true definition of forgiveness as for the most part, everybody's point has had so far tonight is we need to forgive others as well as forgive ourselves. Um, you know, long before our story was ever written, um, before we were ever even part of this world and we were just a creation in God's eyes, he forgave us. So, I mean, I think at the end of the day, why can't, why is it so hard for us to be able to forgive each other? Great point. Thank you. Bless his heart. (laughs) (laughs) As I was thinking more about this topic. We have a therapy group for that, by the way, too, if your clip doesn't make it. Rodney's a, he's the president of that club. Yeah, of, of not making it. Yeah. <laughs> As well, he should be. <laughs> no, 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 just joking. That was. He's not joking. No, I was joking. Maybe. Yeah. Ish. Ish. Joking. Ish. As I was thinking about this topic some more, God's reminding me of. Yeah, you know, I've been married twice. Um, they uh, didn't end well, <laughs> obviously, because that's because they ended. They ended right, and with both of my ex-wives, for different reasons, I had a lot of uh, pent-up unforgiveness and anger. And uh, you know, God at boot camps would would work on it with me. Initially, I wasn't really uh, open to it, and it was different times for for each one of them. It was different times. But when he really got my attention and got me to start working on it, it's not like I called him and said, you need, you know, I, I forgive you. You know, that's probably not going to go well. If he, you just call, you just spout out there, I forgive you. Now, what he had me do is he reminded me of the things that I did wrong in that relationship and, and prompted me to call them, you know, this is several years apart, obviously, uh, call them and just ask for their forgiveness. And what ended up happening was um, they turned around and, and said, you know, would you forgive me? And, mm-hmm. you know, we had dialogue and there was conversation. And not that we're, you know, any of us are best friends anymore, but we're really in really good place. Mm-hmm. You know, we have great relationships for what they are because it's built on a place of forgiveness. Right? Not of a place of anger or resentment or holding on to things. You know, and I, I have hope that that's going to serve me well in a future relationship or a current relationship, rather, that, you know, I'm going to do better at, you know, believing those things and trusting those things and walking in that. And I would not be able to be to do that if I hadn't, God hadn't taken me through that. You know, I think that 
we carry them with us, as we talked about it. Harold pointed out, we take it into other relationships, right? immediate or, or future. And I think that that forgiveness is key for us to have the, the joy and the hope that we want to have in the future. No doubt. I mean, it's hard not to. That that's whole that's the whole part of this whole restoration process, and forgiveness is a big part of that. And you're going to carry that along if you don't deal with it eventually. And that doesn't mean that you're not potentially going to. Anytime you expose your heart for love for the next time down the road, you're 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 opening yourself up for that. But how do you handle it the next time? Have you learned from what you went through the previous time? But just a story from um, my youth. I mean, as a kid, you know, I'd been around the gospel, but didn't really have anything deep. And um, teenage years, looking for a job, got a job at McDonald's, and I met this girl there. And and first girl that gave me some attention, and I just went gaga over her, and I thought we were a thing, and we weren't a thing, and I found that out really quick. And I'd never had really that rejection before. I know Robbie's talked about rejection from a from a girlfriend with you know that was with his best friend. Very difficult. I, I can't imagine, but it was something similar to that, and it was really hurtful. And we had to work together there at McDonald's, and I remember I, this is the first time I had to put the shields up on my heart. And we were working together, and you know she's up front serving the customers. I'm back cooking, and what she'd say she'd need something or whatever, I just looked straight through her, just mean, cold. Sent her home. She went home crying a couple days. Just, it was that mean. But I didn't know, you know. And, you know, we we made up after that after that as friends and kind of happened again. And, you know, going on down, down the road, um, we've talked recently since I've been separated, just as friends, and, and all that stuff is behind us. In fact, she was going through a, a separation herself, we were able to talk through that. So all that stuff was healed from the past, but I'm just thinking back about how that was not good for my heart. I thought I was getting revenge by doing that and seeing it on her face. You know, it's almost like I was, you know, how you are. Whenever you feel like I've been hurt, that person hurts, center home crying, that was somewhat of a victory. But then I saw how hollow that was. And it's just, you know, you think about, people and how they do it. She was just trying to figure out life. She didn't really do anything wrong. She was just trying to figure out who she liked or whatever. It Things happen, but we hold those things on. I think, too, when I got serious about God in my 20s, I remember reading that passage from Matthew 18, and it's about the king that had a servant who owed him so much, and the servant complained and said, no, no, I don't want to pay this back. King said, okay, I forgive you. Well, the servant, as soon as he gets forgiven, he goes out and the guy owes him like $10. And he said, no, I'm going to take you and bind you up and hold you and put you in prison. And, you know, the king found out and he's like, no, 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 that's not the way it works. And then the torment for him was much greater because, and that was, that made a big impression. I began to realize, you know, I've been forgiven so much. How can I hold anything somebody does? Now, it's not easy as you walk out life, but that's always been a foundational, you know, pillar <laughs> in my mind of about forgiveness. Thanks, Andy. Rodney, do you want to share anything? Well, I just, back where you were earlier, Sam, where you're going in the future and what we, what do we learn from all the unforgiveness we've got in our heart, you know, it may not be perfect, but you can, you, there's like 
Danny was saying, what was that, the onions? Onion what, what's effect. our new onion, onion effect? effect. Yeah, yeah, the onion effect. You know, there's different layers to this forgiving because you can forgive them for a little bit of what they did, and then you can forgive them maybe for a little bit more, but are you really just wholeheartedly forgiving? And the freedom you get to walk forward with and in future relationships, like I was just thinking just like for you, Sam, it's like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I look at your relationship with your kids, your relationship with this group and other groups that you talk about and other men that you know that we, that we all kind of know. And it's you get to see that so clearly in other people's lives. And I think that's one of the things we need to really – you know, talk more about with each other is, hey, this is what I see in you. Yeah, you've talked about this. And wow, since I've seen your heart change in the unforgiven state, it's just a great place to go help other people out and always look for it in others because one of the things that helps me get through things I struggle with, like forgiving people, is the fact that I've seen what you guys have done. When you guys talk about your issues and, hey, I've forgiven and you guys have moved on. I'm like, wow, can I go do that with my situation? It's a great point. And, you know, I think it goes back to one of the things that Andy said and, or was said in in Andy's clip was um, when God was talking to Mac, he said, you may have to forgive over and over and over again or a thousand times or whatever. And, And that's what it looks like. You know, sometimes it's, it's chunks of forgiveness. You know, it's a big forgiveness elephant, you know, <laughs> unforgiveness elephant. I got to take a little, little bite at a time sometimes to, to chew that elephant up. Yeah. So, you know, Mandy said a couple things, you know, that kind of, <laughs> you know, provoking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The one that he said was, you know, you, when you are holding that unforgiveness, you're more like Satan, obviously, than you are like God. And it's fascinating to me that God puts us in families. <laughs> and, you know, it's not just spouses. You know, you've got in-laws. You've got all sorts of interesting characters that are in this group of people that you, and 70 times 7, that ain't nothing. <laughs> just, just, just saying. <laughs> okay. Like, and, 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 and. You know, the stuff builds and it builds and it builds. And, I, you know, I can actually remember just Sunday as Tammy and I were going to church. I said, man, we have got to figure out a way to get the massive forgiveness download. Like, we have so much that we need to forgive because it's getting piled on every single day and piled on and piled on and piled on. And, you know, it, it, it takes a thought of what Jesus said to me, you, you, you know, the scripture that kind of speaks to that. The only time that Jesus talks about grace or teaches about grace is he says, for you to love those that love you, what grace is that to you? So what he's saying is to love the unlovable. Well, those are the ones that are the 70 times 7 times 7 times 7. I'm just saying, or maybe another 70 times. Like how in the world? I mean, at some point in time, is there a limit? Well, apparently not. And, and apparently... Right, I don't want to end up being there like like Satan, and so we got to keep downloading, to, you know, like the forgiveness. And I, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to me that I'm in this family, right, which requires that here you are, and are you going to really live that? Because it's one thing to you know forgive that person that did something, you know, whatever. <laughs> but man, 
I mean, real life is a lot different. Yeah, forgiving them and living with them yeah. is different than forgiving them and not seeing them. All right. That, that, yeah. That's a big difference. You're, you're feeling what I'm <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm picking up what you're throwing down there. I'm, I'm smelling what the rock's cooking. Danny. A quick story. One of the greatest lessons on forgiveness and God's forgiveness I ever got was from my son. He was about seven years old, I guess. Me and his mom hadn't been married too long, and I would make his lunch every morning. And I asked him one morning, make your lunch. And he said, no, I didn't eat mine yesterday, or I had two from yesterday or something. So we went on about our business. Well, that evening, he comes in our room, and I'm standing there, and usually he's coming to see his mom. And he's got his lunchbox in his hand, and he walks right around Michelle. And that little seven-year-old, 10-foot-tall guy confessed to me that he lied to me and just confessed his sin right there just and laid it out. And I'm stunned. But, but what God spoke to me was, see how it's done? Because I had no choice but to just forgive him and let it go. God says he'll throw it in the sea of forgetfulness and remember it no more. And, you know, I remember that story because it made such an impact on me because here was a, a little child shall lead them. He was showing the example of how God works. So do you not like your sandwiches? Is that what the deal was? They were freezer-like Lunchables. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how bad you can mess one of them up, but evidently I would. Okay, <sighs> makes sense. As I was thinking more about this, sometimes – that forgiveness is a conversation, but how do you step into forgiveness when there's somebody that you can't be around because it's not safe or somebody that uh, isn't around anymore? You know, and the times that God's, you know, called me through to forgive my dad for things, and he's been gone since 1984, or uh, more my sister, that uh, it was not safe to talk to my sister. She had some mental illnesses and was not a safe person to have any type of conversation with. But God still, you know, as I shared before on the air, kept laying her on my heart. He kept waking me up saying, pray for her. I'm like, I don't want to pray for her. You know, and I go back to bed, you know, this went on. And finally, after about, I don't know how many nights he woke me up, I'm like, all right, you know. And I prayed for her, and I really did pray for her. And the release that I felt was just tremendous. You know, she's never going to know anything. She probably doesn't even care. She's not alive anymore, so she doesn't care. But she probably didn't even know, right? And that's the whole thing is sometimes people don't know, and you think they do, and you're just holding yourself in bondage. And the last point I want to make on it was, as Jesus, you know, tells us in the Lord Prayer to forgive, uh, please forgive us. You know, I'm not going to quote it right. I'm hurrying, but forgive us as we forgive people who have trespassed against us. I'm really glad that Jesus doesn't hold us to that that he forgives us totally, even when we haven't forgiven totally, right? But he knows that we're works, uh, you know, works are under construction and that we need to be able to continue to walk in him with that and help us to forgive. Go to masculinejourney.org to register for the boot camp, November 17th through 21st. We'll talk with you next week. Forgive somebody. This is the Truth Network.